You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. A lot to get to, as always, on today's edition of the podcast. We're going to talk about the Toledo Rockets and how run-heavy this offense is that BYU is going to face this week and what the defense may be able to do. You're also going to hear from BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Aaron Roderick. Had a chance to catch up with him after practice earlier this week. Had a great conversation. We'll get to that. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. So a lot to get to and let's get to it. Today's show, as always, our title sponsor here on Locked On Cougars is Deseret First Credit Union. Reminding you right now is a great time to refinance your mortgage. Refinancing doesn't have to be hard, guys, or even cost you anything. And rates are still low. So it's a great time to check out your options. And Deseret First Credit Union wants to be along for the ride with you. They're asking all of their members of the credit union. What is your focus? What is your why? And they're encouraging people. Refinancing may be able to help you save some money and fund that passion project. The DFCU mortgage team is here to work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation. Whether it's your first home, your fifth home, or just an investment property, they are ready to help. Call them up, 801-456-7070 or visit dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why, we show how. Membership and eligibility required. OAC, terms and conditions apply, equal housing lender. With that out of the way, let's get to it. This is Locked on Cougars for September 26th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the show. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, for my day job, and it's a blast to be the host of this great podcast focused on BYU each and every day. Let's start off today talking about the Toledo Rockets a little bit. BYU faces them Saturday morning if you live here along the Wasatch Front or anywhere outside of the Eastern Time Zone. It's a 12 o'clock Eastern Time kickoff. If you don't have ESPN+, Plus, I would encourage you guys to get signed up for it here in the next day or two. You can do a seven-day free trial to watch the game. I've been an ESPN Plus subscriber since they launched the service about a year and a half ago. I really like it, but I'm a fan of a lot of different sports, and ESPN Plus kind of helps fulfill that need, so I don't see the $5 uh, charge as, a, as any sort of impediment to me. But if you guys want to come over and watch the game at my house, let me know. Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. Reach out. would love to hear from you guys, and if you want to come over and hang out, Let's do it. We can have a brunch or something. We can watch the game. But let's start off today talking a little bit about the Toledo Rockets. This is a team you've probably heard it by now. They are run heavy. And want some evidence of that? This season, so through three games, I believe for Toledo, they're 3-0, if I'm not mistaken. 2-1, excuse me. 2-1 on the season. They have rushed for a total of 807 yards as a team as compared to 625 yards passing on the season. Bryant Kobach, last week against Colorado State, went for 200-plus yards, had an absolutely monster game. He's the leading rusher on the season with 363 yards and five touchdowns. That's a healthy average of 7.5 
3.7 yards per carry on only 47 attempts. Mitchell Guadini, the quarterback, Guadani, I don't know how you say his last name correctly, I apologize, but he's the second leading rusher on this team. 30 carries for 199 yards, averaging 6.6 yards per carry and two touchdowns in his own right. Now, passing-wise, Guadani, he is 31 of 52. That's a 59.6 completion percentage for 499 yards. He's got four touchdowns to zero interceptions, and he's taken three sacks on the year. BYU, if they go with a three-man front against Toledo, I think it's the wrong decision. And me saying that probably means BYU is going to do it because I'm just a podcaster, a host of a BYU podcast, an amateur armchair analyst. But I think BYU needs to go in a four-man front against Toledo this week and do everything they possibly can do to force Toledo to throw the ball. Because if Toledo starts running the ball, they're going to rack up yards up and down the field. Uh, Brian Kobach, a big-bodied back, a very talented player, and I've, I rewatched the film of that Colorado State game in particular, and I really like what this guy does. He's a six-foot, two hundred and five-pound athlete. He's from Holland, Ohio, so he's not too far from home. But he runs hard, and he's got a seventy-five-yard long on the season uh, in terms of a touchdown run for for Toledo, and. BYU, they've got to sell out to stop the run this week. The run sets for BYU this season have been awful in terms of the run defense, the yards per carry average, the average yards against in a game, etc. And let's be real, BYU has faced some very talented teams, teams that are much more talented in terms of athleticism than BYU is, and I don't have a problem saying that. You guys can argue with me until you're blue in the face, but I'm going to completely disagree with you. Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington, they have better athletes top to bottom on their roster than BYU does. I know that there are guys on BYU who, man for man, compare with guys on those rosters, but I'm talking about top to bottom. You take the athleticism of a USC, a Tennessee, the Utes, or Washington, compare them top to bottom against BYU's roster, better athletes, better athleticism overall, and BYU competed relatively well against that. That's a credit to them. They're 2-2 two and two on the season now, heading to the Glass Bowl there at Toledo. But BYU this week, you've got to turn it around on rush defense. You've got to have um, Atunai Samahe, Kairos Tonga, Lorenzo Fawatea, Brackenell Bakri, Uriah Leatawa, Alden Tofa, Devin Kafusi. Every defensive lineman you can think of at BYU has to be involved in this game, and they have to hold the line and help bottle up the rushing attack from Toledo. I know BYU has moved away from their traditional 4-3 alignment that Kalani Sitake and Elisa Tuiaki implemented when they arrived at BYU. This week, this game in particular, is probably a good week to bring that back because you have to stop the run. You need as many guys in the box as you possibly can get. A guy like Zane Anderson at strong safety in a game like this would be very beneficial. A 220-pound thumper coming downhill on running backs would be great, but he is out for the year. So BYU, they've got to trust that their linebackers are going to be able to fill the holes in terms of the rush defense and step up and make plays. Uh, Keenan Peely likely is out again this week. It sounds like they're going to give him at least this week off and get him through the bye week, hopefully, and get him healthy enough to play again. I think he's one of BYU's best linebackers, but currently, guys like Peyton Wilgar, Max Tooley, Isaiah Kafusi, Kavika Fanua, they've all been very good at moments. This week is when they really need to say, okay, we need to turn this around in terms of stopping the run, because 
as uh, and one note I wanted to get to before we take a break here is that uh, Jeff Hansen from a Cougar Sports Insider on Twitter at Rakoto10, a good friend. He noted something yesterday. Toledo on first down runs the ball 62.7% on first down plays. On second down, 62.7% of run are run plays. Third down, 50%. Fourth down, 50%. Toledo wants to run the ball. They're not a triple option offense. They're not at a service academy offense, but they run the ball. That is their identity. That's what they believe they're having success with. That's what they've had success with as they're off to a 2 and one start this season. BYU has to sell out to stop the run because if they're going to try and run the ball, almost two-thirds out of two out of every three plays are going to be rundowns on first and second down against Toledo. Put that four and five man front up there for BYU and say, Toledo, you ain't running the ball on us because that's what BYU's got to do. They have to sell out to stop the run this week. All right, we'll switch over to the offensive side of things for BYU next. Catch up with Aaron Roderick, BYU passing game coordinator, as well as quarterbacks coach. Great conversation, always is when I chat chat with him, and you'll hear from him next. Before we do that, though, reminder for you guys that Vivid Seats wants to help you make a memory that'll last you a lifetime, and they want you to let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Also, enter the promo code KICKOFF at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100. All right, we'll get to our conversation with Aaron Roderick here in a minute, guys. Before we do that, though, do want to talk to you today about our good friends at MyBookie. Of course, all of us at the end of a hard week tonight kind of begins the football weekend with Thursday night football in the NFL. There's also an American Athletic Conference game between the Naval Academy and Memphis. Well, all of us, I think at the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch football. A lot of you guys, big football fans, but if you also like to put money into the pot in terms of gambling, MyBookie is the best place to be betting. Do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play and where you should too. I wouldn't tell you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. They have great numbers. They always throw out the lines. It seems like the earliest every weekend. If you're a guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you multiply your winnings. It's a fantastic way if you're going to put some money on these games, check it out. MyBookie.ag Join now. MyBookie will double your first deposit right now using the promo code LOCKEDON. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N that will activate that offer. Once again, that's the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. That's MyBookie. All right, guys, going to get to my conversation with Aaron Roderick here in a minute. Just a reminder for you guys that this podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be found. The Himalaya Podcast app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts. Those are two different things, FYI. Anywhere a podcast can be listened to and or downloaded, Locked on Cougars is available. Please subscribe if you like the show. Also, give us a favorable rating and review, particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Those five-star reviews are worth their weight in podcasts. 
podcast gold. And I thank you guys in advance for doing that. And also a reminder for you guys, when you guys are driving around and just have some downtime at your house, your smart devices can make it real easy to stay up to date with the Cougars. All you got to do is tell your smartphone or your smart speaker, play podcast locked on Cougars. That way you stay up to date with everything going on in BYU sports with this daily podcast, all focused on BYU. All right, now let's get to the conversation I had with Aaron Roderick, BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Always a straight shooter. I've always enjoyed that about Aaron. He's not afraid to mince words. He just gets out there and you ask him a question, he'll give you a good answer. So let's get to it. Aaron Roderick, BYU passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach with myself right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. Zach, through four games, what have kind of been your evaluation of his play so far this season? Uh, through four games, I think he's played well. You know, he's uh, first game was a little rough, um, but since then, I thought he played well. I thought, I thought he played a good game on Saturday, uh, and it's given us a chance to win. And um, you know, got always always things to improve on, but I like the progress he's making. He set career highs in both completions and attempts. I understand you guys were trying to play catch up in that game, so that probably led to that. But how do you think he fared in terms of the number of throws he had? Yeah, we did some good things. We, you know, we hit some we hit some intermediate throws against them. It's hard to throw it over their head because our safeties play so deep. And uh, but he, he made some good second level throws in that game where we were we were hitting over routes and crossers and did a good job finding those and took some tough hits. But he, you know, I thought he really competed. You guys attacked the seams pretty heavily in that yeah. game. Is that something you guys just saw on film? Oh, it's part of our offense. It's okay. just, uh, you know, it's, it's all something we're always trying to do. And, and uh, But I thought we actually, it's one thing we did we did well Saturday. So, I mean, there were there were a lot of positives in that game. And that was an excellent defense we were playing against. And, and um, you know, so we'll try to build on the positives and learn from, the, learn from our mistakes. Matt Bush, when we saw him break out a little bit after two kind of lackluster games, for his stature yeah. as a player, what did you make of his performance? Well, we played two teams in a row that made a point of taking him out of the game. Okay. You know, I mean, it was two weeks in a row where he was getting doubled or bracketed. Well, we USC walk up and point at him. Yeah, USC was all over him, and Tennessee Tennessee pretty much doubled him the whole game. And uh, Washington played him more straight up, and also we, we made a point of, uh, you know, we tried to find some things that could get him open. I think we, we made a more concerted effort this week to get him the ball than we had the, the prior weeks and um, you know, we got we to keep finding ways to get it to him because he's, he's one of our best players. Is Moroni going to kind of be a week by week thing here? Yeah. Just yeah. see if, if he can yeah. go. If he, if yeah, he can. Okay. And we're a lot better when we have him but yeah. uh, you know, he's, he's been through so much. He's been through so much. We're just trying to give him time to fully feel like he can you know, like he can fully help us. And, and when he can, when he's out there, we're a lot better team. He's a really good player. You're the passing game coordinator. So this question, I don't know if it's too far out of bounds, but yeah. the offensive line had some issues on Saturday with the defensive tackles in particular from Washington. What went into that? Uh, those guys are really good. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, Washington's led the Pac-12 in, in – total defense and and scoring defense four years in a row and they're they're on their way again this year it could be year five so um and and then utah's probably right there with them so we've played we've played against some really good defenses usc's got a good pass rush so we've we've been playing against some great pass rushers and you know that we're, we're definitely working on our pass protection every day and um it's not always just the O-line. I know everyone wants to blame the O-line, but there's running backs involved in that. There's route running involved in that. You know, guys getting open on time and the quarterback getting the ball out of his hands. So there's pass protection's 11-man football. And uh, But 
you know, we've played against some really good pass rushers, and I'm not saying it's necessarily going to be easier, but um, I think that the first four games have really tested us for what lies ahead. We're going we're gonna to just keep getting better each week. Toledo's a team, just looking at their raw stats, they give up a lot of yards, but they make critical plays when it matters. Yeah, it's interesting, huh? They, yeah. they uh, you know, they've given up yards, you're right, but they're really good on third down. Yeah. You know, they rank in the top 25 on third down, so it's like they, they sort of bend. I hate the phrase bend, but don't break, but they kind of do that. You know, they, they, they've given up yards, but they find ways to get off the field, and then their offense uh, – possesses the football you know they run it they run it really well so they can they can frustrate you by uh, by keeping you off the field and so um, it's it's going to be a fun challenge they're they're uh, you know they got a great winning tradition there and you've got to travel back there so it's going to be a tough game this is going to be the second of four trips to the eastern time zone for you guys this year does that i don't want to say does it affect your guys but do you guys have anything different you do when you go that far east we have a pretty good routine now. You know, we leave a day earlier when we go two time zones. And, um, you know, independence now, it's sort of normal for us now. So it's not as big of a deal as, as maybe it used to be when you just did it once every couple of years or so. And uh, it's, it is going to be an early kickoff for us. You know, pregame meal will be like 5 or 6 in the morning <laughs> mountain time. Yeah. So we'll have to, you know, we've already been talking to guys about starting now your preparation as far as your sleep and your hydration and nutrition and all that stuff so we'll be ready what about their defense do you see in particular that you feel like i guess that highlights what they do in particular you already mentioned the third down defense but is it a position group in particular i guess well they just play really hard i think um you know like i said they they it's a program that's used to winning they're accustomed to winning games they've been one of the best teams in the mac for a long time it's it's feel like every year you hear about toledo upsetting somebody whether it was was arkansas a few years ago you know they've they've they're, they're just one of those teams that's that's uh got a lot of belief and you can see that in, the, in how hard they play you've been around the block mac teams kind of have that gritty i don't know mentality that reputation does toledo fit right in with that whole thing there's no question northern illinois yeah. be- beat us last yes. year and and they gave utah fits last year and then i thought they played pretty tough against the utes in salt lake mm-hmm. this year and and uh that's just an example i think of what the mac is, you know what you get we played western michigan in the bowl game last yes. year and they gave us fits for the first half and into the third quarter we, we kind of were able to break it open but I think it's a it's a tough gritty kind of league where those, those guys play with a chip on their shoulder a lot of them probably feel like they got overlooked by you know Big Ten schools or whatever and and they they play really hard not it's it's to me it's like the good teams in the Mountain West they just they play with that toughness and that yeah. grit and uh, so we, we're expecting a fight. Is Soup capable of filling in for uh, Tyson in the passing game in your mind? Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's di- he's a different player. He has a little bit different strengths and weaknesses, but but um, yeah, we'll, we're still going to run the same offense. It doesn't change. It doesn't. Ch- you, you know, no, I guess uh, mentality change at all. Or anything. No, there's there's no major change, and and you're going to see you'll probably see Peeney play a little more now too than he did before, but uh, um, they're. Tyson, or I mean, excuse me, Soup. Soup is a is a you know he's a fit replacement for Tyson. He'll go in and and we'll run the same stuff. Aaron, thanks so much. My pleasure. There you go, Aaron Roderick, and he says that Emmanuel Stupa is a replacement that fits what Tyson Williams is doing for BYU. Everything I have been told this week is that you'll hear, see a steady dose of Emmanuel Stupa in the run game for BYU. You heard him say that Lopini Katoa will also be in the mix at running back for BYU. 
I think that it's going to be more of a two-to-one disparity in terms of what you'll see Emmanuel Asupa to Lopini Katoa. And that's nothing against Lopini. Let's, let's be clear about this. Lopini is not in the doghouse when it comes to the BYU uh, coaching staff. They just worry about his injury concerns. He hasn't been able to stay healthy in a BYU uniform to this point in his career. If he can prove that, maybe next year he is the lead guy once Asupa moves on as a graduate transfer. But I think that Emmanuel Asupa, he's going to be your lead dog against Toledo and for the foreseeable future hopefully hopefully hear me knock on wood against the rest of the season against everybody else on BYU slate you don't want to lose any more running backs BYU went through that a year ago and we saw how tough it became for BYU late in the year so thanks again to Aaron Roderick for joining us and I think he was very clear that hey we've played very good teams he likes what Zach Wilson has shown he's liked what the team as a whole, the offense for BYU has shown as a whole. He doesn't think that the offensive line performed as badly against Washington as some may think. He says it's a team effort in terms of the blocking schemes. I have to say, rewatching the film, I know a lot of people want to bag on Tristan Hodge, and he was taken out of the game late in that game. I have to say, Chandon Herring and Kiefer Longson were as bad, if not worse, than Tristan Hodge in pass sets. The guards for BYU were abysmal in that game. That's a credit to Washington. Their defensive tackles were very good, and you heard Aaron Roderick say that, but everybody bagging on Tristan Hodge, you probably want to bag on everybody on that offensive line, particularly Chandon Herring and Kiefer Longson alongside at Tristan Hodge in terms of the guard rotation there. They had a rough day. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But thanks again to Aaron Roderick for joining me here on the podcast. Great to catch up with him. Uh, we'll take a short time out, come back on the other side, catch up on everything else in BYU sports news. Uh, two teams in action tonight speaking of the women's soccer team the number five team in the country as well as women's volleyball we'll get to all of that next as well as a honor for talon shumway byu senior wide receiver guys getting it done both on the field and in the classroom we'll talk about all of that coming up right here on locked on cougars as we close out today's edition of the podcast, I want to thank you guys again for your continued support of the show. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out the show, Locked on Cougars. Check that out. You can follow my personal Twitter feed. It has more than just BYU. I kind of sound off on everything I want to sound off on, at Jacob C. Hatch. And of course, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or if you'd like to advertise with the podcast, always looking for people who want to rep- want us to represent the brand, their brand or product, Send us an email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you there. All right, a couple of things to catch you up on when it comes to other BYU sports. Well, the first thing, there are currently four BYU fall sports that are ranked in the top 10 nationally. None higher than the number two ranked men's cross country team. They are flanked by the women's cross country team, who is ranked number six in the country. Women's soccer, who is in action tonight at Long Beach State, is ranked number five in the country. And women's volleyball, fresh off their upset at Stanford last weekend, is ranked number nine. Congratulations to all four teams. That is a fantastic way to go about your fall sports. BYU, in terms of the overall depth of their athletic department, very strong, particularly in these fall sports. I know that BYU football would love to join them, and we're hoping at some point that they do get back into the top 25 and can kind of be a perennial 
power in college football once again. But the other sports right now, absolutely walking the walk, when and they can talk the talk if they so choose. couple of teams in action tonight. Speaking of the number nine ranked women's volleyball team, they open up WCC action tonight at Gonzaga, the Charlotte Y. Martin Center up there in Spokane, Washington. It will be televised, or not televised, streamed online on the WCC network. You can get live stat links and the link to the live stream on the BYU Cougars website. Also, Long Beach State, women's soccer, number five ranked Cougars at Long Beach State. State tonight in Long Beach, California at George Allen Field. That game is scheduled to start at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. It will be uh, televised. I Actually, not even televised doesn't look like. Only a live stream radio call. Greg Rubel on the call on the BYU Sports Network. You can get links to all of that on the BYU Cougars website. And I screwed up, of course, reading the schedule. Gonzaga, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. So that's 7 o'clock Mountain Time. BYU Women's Soccer at 8 o'clock Mountain Time, as I just, just noted. Always got to make sure I do the math when it comes to the times on the schedule. But best of luck to both the men, both the women's soccer and volleyball teams tonight as they are in action. One final note before we go today is back to the football field, and that is Talon Shumway, senior wide receiver, has been honored as one of 185 semifinalists for the 2019 William V. Campbell Trophy by the National Football Foundation. The award recognizes an individual as the absolute best football scholar athlete in the nation. The NFF will announce 12 to 14 finalists on October 30th, and each of them receive an $18,000 post-graduate scholarship as a member of the 2019 NFF National Scholar Athlete Class. That would be a fantastic honor. We'll see what happens with Talon Shumway, but he is getting it done as an exercise science major. He started all four games of 2019, has seven receptions for 70 yards and one touchdown on the year. He's been a very good player, very steady player during his time in a BYU uniform. Awesome to see him getting it done in the classroom as well as doing good things on the football field as well. And here's hoping that he sees an uptick in both over the coming days and months. So congratulations once again to Talon Shumway on that great honor. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. I want to thank you guys once again for supporting the podcast. Please check out our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union, for all of your uh, monetary needs, your financial goals, etc. You can check them out, dfcu.com, or you can call them 801-456-7070. Also check out our good friends at Vivid Seats and my bookie as well. Until tomorrow, hopefully you guys are all having a great Thursday. We will talk to you then. This has been Locked On Cougars for September 26th. 2019.